Craft Beer Radio, episode 362, on December 19th, 2015. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio. We're rocking out with Iron Maiden as we have a bunch of Christmas ales for this wonderful show. On the, well, the show before Christmas, so it fits. Yeah, and we planned out our whole brewery seven or six beers a drinking thing to wrap up just in time. It worked that way. All right, so okay, here's the question: Do you, where do we start? We start with the non-spice beers. I would say this is like a Belgian single, right? Yeah, but do you want to hold off that to see what that's like in comparison to the brewery because it's a belt because a quad? I or not? I, I don't know. Not really. This one's not spiced either, and of course, celebration. Let's do the celebration spiced. first. All right, let's do celebration. So, Sierra Nevada celebration. Long been a staple. It's been around for a long time. Six point eight percent on this guy. They use Chinook and Centennial hops. They use Cascade and Centennial as finishing. Two row pale and caramel malts. Sixty five IBUs. Now you had this this season, and you were not. So, I, as far as I can tell, this thing has been. Relatively newly reformulated. Now it is a fresh hop IPA. And it's always been a hoppy beer, but just kind of a regular IPA. And I had this at the Christmas party. And granted, I wasn't in show mode, mm-hmm. but I was pretty surprised by it. So I wanted to actually get it on the show. Okay. Let's see what we think. So it pours a rich um, toffee color. Pretty clear. So, bitter to a Chinook and Centennial. So, you're going for, you know, you don't expect to get much flavor out of bittering, but it does happen. And those are your resiny and a little bit, you know, orangey grapefruity. Mm-hmm. Uh, finish with Cascade and Centennial. Again, orangey grapefruity, maybe a little bit more into the orange, a little mm-hmm. bit more into the, to pure citrus. So, smelling this guy. It's not citrusy, not really resiny. There's. It's Maybe. a little cold. Yeah, it's about 52 or so. Kind of has... Um, so I'm smelling malts, really, is kind mm-hmm. of what I'm smelling up front here. Kind of uh, almost like a, a Munich or something like that. Two pale and caramel are the malts. I, I It definitely is a very marmalady. Uh, smell has a the, the texture of the smell, if you will, sort of a marmalade on top of a, a, a very slightly um, well, a well toasted toast, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely, it's it's toasty, right? I mean, it has a instead of being more caramel or sweet, it has this like dried toast yeah. type aroma. So it says, you know, fresh hop IPA on it. On the label here. Uh, okay, well, there, there's here they have a whole thing on their side. Wet hop versus fresh hop. Okay. Okay, say, while it may seem like semantics, to us it's an important distinction. Wet hops are undried hops, picked and, sh- and shipped from the growing fields within 24 hours. Fresh hops are the freshest dried hops to come off the fields, typically within seven days of harvest. Okay. It, the aroma is so. It smells kind of actually. Now I smell it. it smells kind of Oktoberfesty. 
getting kind of like Munich and, and I'm getting Munich and Vienna type flavors. I'm getting, if anything, like a spicy hop aroma. Interesting. And I see where you're coming from with, with the with the malt bill. I mean, it does feel, does smell a lot of toast in it, but it's, but not really going into Oktoberfest for me. Okay. On to the flavor again. The malts are really the the front thing here. Yeah. And to me, it still kind of has that. If not Oktoberfest, it has something that has like a Munich type flavor to it. When I taste it, I definitely get it. Um, it feels. Hmm. There's a lot of bitterness, uh, but a lot of the bitterness is hitting the back of your tongue, and there, there's a, a really, yeah, strong kind of almost molassesy bit to to the malt. Somehow it, it skirts past all the sort of chocolate stuff, and just gets okay. a, a weird kind of a little bit of a molasses thing in that malt mm-hmm. there, along with the toasted notes. This is much of what I remember. Uh, I mean, it seems like I'm enjoying it a little bit better now. Mm-hmm. Before, it really tasted like uh, a tinny lager. Um, and while I'm tasting the, the Munich notes and things like that, even though they don't have Munich as an ingredient, apparently, um, it, it's tasting at least more put together. Well, they do say uh, brewing is as much art as science as... All beer specifications and raw materials are subject to change in our brewer's creative discretion. So they have that <laughs> note above the right. uh, list of ingredients. So it, it's possible this is different. But it is not the hoppy. No, it's not. Beer that celebration. If you think, oh, it's going to be like a big fresh hop IPA, then no, this is. There's, there's a good, it doesn't come across as an IPA at all for me, like in any stretch of the imagination. If you gave this to somebody who's not into beer and you told them what it is, they'd say, oh, so hoppy. I don't they'd, know. Oh, so bitter. They, they would definitely point out the bitterness. Um, it's it, it's pretty strong. There's a lot of hops going on in here. Now, it's not hops in the way we're used to for an IPA. It's not bright. Not at all. Uh, they're very much used in, in, in a bitterness. There's a lot of bitterness they got out of that Chinook. Um, it's probably boiled for a while. I mean, I'm getting some, but like only just like a little bit more than you get in like an Oktoberfest. Greg's disagrees, looking at me incredulously. Oh, I, I, I very much disagree. It's a very bitter beer. All right. Um, there's a lot of hop flavor to it, but that that maltiness is definitely pulling down on those hops. They're not very bright at all. That was the celebration, 2015. From Sierra Nevada. So what's next on our list? Let's go on to... So you want to save this one? I guess we'll do the Lancaster next. Lancaster. We haven't done Lancaster on the show in quite a while. Got a new beer here from them. Saw this at the store. This is their winter warmer ale. And it actually benefits the Wolf Sanctuary of Pennsylvania. So we help save a wolf. Great. Alright. <clears throat> 8.9% occupy volume. 25 IBUs. They say... A monster malt bill, but they don't tell me what is in the bill. 
Maybe there's a P it's a PDF. Maybe it's in a PDF. Nope. <laughs> so not a lot of info, info, but they definitely want to express they have a lot of malts in here and uh, no spices. This is not spiced. Yeah, so the label says winter warmer in the title. The Nick label calls this their old ale. Ah, okay. All the so, it, as you would expect from an old ale or anything, you know, trying to get close to it, it's very dark. It's cola colored. If you look at the light, it looks kind of like Coke or something. Pretty clear. Some red highlights coming on it. Poured with the head that kind of fell down pretty quickly. 8% alcohol by volume, so head retention will fall away on the fast side. Lots of pear and apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the aroma is, is malty. It's not quite boozy, but you can get a little bit of warming there. And uh, toffee, molasses, you get the pears and the apples, like Greg said. A little bit of um, strawberry licorice, right? The, the okay. Twizzler okay. going on there. I'm going to wrap my hands around this glass, try to get some heat into it. Being a winter warmer, 8%. You don't want it to be too cold when we drink it. And this kind of, just from smelling what I've smelled so far, really seems like this beer is going to open up and yeah. give some, give us some gifts if we give it some time. So let's talk about some other stuff that's been happening. The, the biggest news is that Anheuser-Busch bought Four Peaks. There in Four Arizona. Peaks was in Tempe, Arizona, or is in Tempe, Arizona. And uh... in that article, they also mentioned something about there are rumors that New Belgium is on the block for a billion dollars. Now, New Belgium made a big stink this year about how they're employee-owned. Uh, yeah. And, you know, especially the GABF, they had a huge thing. Well, they've always been And they, they about... have it on their bottles and stuff. Employee-owned. Yeah, I mean, they've always, always been community, um, you know, give back to the community, employee-owned type thing. They do a lot of good stuff around Fort Collins and presumably Asheville as well. Um, I didn't even see that. I, I didn't. I missed that part of the article. But uh, I, I mean, even if even though you're employee owned, if every owner can <laughs> stand to cash out, hey, if fifty one percent of your owners can't stand to cash out, yeah, billion dollars. Hey, if uh, who was it? Uh, who just sold for a billion dollars? Um, Ballast was Ballast Point? Point. Yeah, yeah. If they can do a billion dollars. Uh, New Belgium can do probably <laughs> double that. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting the because there, there's a lot of pushback, and, and I would expect that. But the the market is maturing, and and the thing about this is that it's it's an established product now. You're not going to see less craft beer on the shelves. Now you may see less variety. I suppose it's possible. Or, that may, let, not. not. Well, variety of producers, variety of producers, right? Um, because there may just be a lot of a lot of space devoted to. Yeah, I mean, it's, but there's there's so much mass now that I mean, you're always going to have these new guys disrupt, trying to disrupt, trying mm-hmm. to break in. So there's going to be a lot of noise on the smaller scales. And in some sense, a lot of those are going to be local. Like I mean, mm-hmm. the because you're going to get mostly on the shelves now, the the relatively cheaper stuff. Uh, that 
is still is still local and and people are interested in it. And so, in some ways, it will help the local brewery. It will hurt the midsize breweries. Yeah, the um, I saw a conversation. Now, don't take this out of context too much because it's mid conversation. But Jeremy Nieder, who's the social media guy at Boulevard. And this wasn't the start of the conversation, but it says, you know, we screwed ourselves when we decided that craft is small and independent and then decided to change the meaning of those to remain mar- to retain market share. You know, and they're just basically, you know, Boulevard's big, owned uh-huh. by Duval, makes a lot of beer, you know, uh, Boston beer. You mm-hmm. know, we, we've talked about this, right? I mean, we're called Craft Beer Radio. We've kicked around the idea. Is that still the best name for the show? I think it still is, but... Um, it doesn't quite mean what you know. It, it's not as necessary. Yeah, I mean, that, I think that part of part of that is the legacy of the show. We can't. I mean, changing it now seems to be yeah. a little crass almost. Um, it's been around for ten years. There's no reason to change the name. Yeah, but you know, we're pretty loosey goosey with what we call craft, right? Yes. You know, it's is is the beer made to be good? Is it made to be flavorful, or is it does it turn out flavorful by accident? You know, either <laughs> way, if it's good beer, it's good beer. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it was just interesting, you know, and it goes on a little bit more, but it basically is, you know, yeah, they worked so hard on setting up what craft was, and now the most successful guys in the segment have outgrown, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, even, definition, yeah. even with the best intentions, you're going to outgrow those, that, that definition, or you're going to water down the definition so much that it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. And... So he responded to somebody who was talking about it was I'm not sure what what exactly Andrew was was saying. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Uh, but Jeremy said, "Oh shit, this business turned into a business." That's sort of what what the people behind these big brewers like. Yeah. Well, you know, the business. Hey, we love making good beer, but at the same time, we also like getting our stuff out there. And if you don't keep growing, you're going to stagnate. That's the way this works. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to get ahead of you and suddenly you're gone. The only way to keep growing in this environment is to keep finding opportunities. And most of those are going to be out of the country now. The the big ones. And to get to do that, you gotta partner with somebody. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You know, the, the low hanging fruit, right? The giant um international market shares that are available. Uh Pretty, you know, pretty easy to gain several percentage points where you know it's a much far, harder battle here mm-hmm. at home. So, yeah, another one bites the dust, I guess. As long as they keep making good beer, I'm have, happy. have you had four peaks when you I were out there? I have had four peaks, they make good beer. Uh, I had uh, when I was just out there, I went to their restaurant for um, because for, I was there for like. <laughs> well, it turned out to be in Phoenix for three hours longer than I should have been, but I was still there for three hours. Okay. Uh, and, yeah, so I was there and had a couple of their beers. They were very good. Cool. All right. So we got this Lancaster Winter Warmer, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's nice and warmed up. It's really opened up. A little more licorice on the aroma. Mm-hmm pear that you called early on i'm actually i'm smelling it you know good and bright now like uh you know one of those ripe yellow yeah skinned and, pears and the apple i would say is like a fuji apple right so a baking apple okay yeah 
<clears throat> Big caramel flavors. Some toffee in there. Toffee. You might sound like I said coffee. Um, really, really malty and inviting. Sits on your tongue. Mm-hmm. Nice sipper. Let's see if we can get some more. A little bit of um, something of a maple character, just a bit. Mm-hmm. It, it it brings along some of those uh, some of that phenolic quality without having spices in there. So that's you know whatever yeast they're using, whatever quality of, of malt they're using, definitely brings that through. Um, as an if if you were to call this an old ale, I would they like, like they do on their label. Mm-hmm. I would say no. It doesn't really have the, that fruitiness in the flavor. It's in the, it's in the aroma, but it's not really right. coming through that much in the flavor. You're just getting a lot of malts, but it's good. It's very good. Yeah, I do. I, I enjoy it. I'm trying to figure out like what it, what beers it's like because it's not like a barley wine. It's not like an old ale. It has um, it has the body and the sweetness of a Christmas beer, mm-hmm. but without the spicings, right? right? So it kind of has some, you know, think of the the dark fruits and stuff like of um, fruit cake or something like that. I think of this as, as like a double without the Trappist yeast. Okay, so yeah. yeah. You have kind of the same sort of malt bill. You're not getting that extra sweetness, and you're not getting some of those little extra... Uh, it, it doesn't really... Yeah, I hear what you're saying. It, it, one thing things that make it different from a double is it doesn't really have that drier candy sugar type mm-hmm. flavor to it. It um, feels like it's like all malt. You know, it sounds like they... feels like they mashed it, so it would have a pretty high uh, finishing gravity to it. You know, a lot of residual sugars in there. 21 is the, is the original gravity. And... Uh, yeah, it, it's a sweet beer. It, it's pretty tasty. It's uh, from all since we had Lancaster, and uh, mm-hmm. so this one's a nice representation from them. It hides its alcohol well at, at mm-hmm. nearly 9%, and it, it does hide it well. Yeah, but so if you're looking at this and say, oh, it's an old ale, but it, it's definitely, it's a good beer. But like, if you're like, oh, I love old ales. Right, right. <laughs> I can't think of another beer that it's all that close to. It's kind of in this weird spot. Like, I like your call of saying double without the Trappist yeast mm-hmm. or Belgian yeast. Um, that definitely is a good benchmark to start at. And then it kind of comes back towards... Um, a little portery, a little, yeah, little porter-like. It comes back a little portery, but it has this sweet cakeness to it. You yeah. know, like a, like a, a quick bread or something like that. Mm. You know, um... And, and the, it's it has a you know sugar sugariness to it, but it doesn't. It's not it's not sucrose, right? It, it's malt sugars, but it has this really nice sweetness to it. I, I like this, and yeah, it's weird. It seems to fall in this like little split between well-established styles. Yeah, that's cool. I always like to try something different and new. Drink so, some, drink something spicy. Yeah, well, let's um, let's go with uh, let's go with a good old anchor. Been making it for forty years, might as well. Anchor twenty fifteen Christmas ale. And and for those uh, stats guys listening, uh, I just picked forty eight years out of the air. I think it's probably in the thirty five to thirty eight year range. <laughs> Well, the first brew was 1975. Oh, okay. So, 40 years? Yeah, 40 years. 
Better than I thought. So this they this beer spiced and they change it every year just a little bit. Yeah, so the, the alkali volume varies. Malt top secret, hops top secret, dry hops top this, secret. This okay, this is actually the forty first version of Anchor Christmas. So it's different every year. This is twenty fifteen. It's in that uh broad shouldered anchor bottle. Mm-hmm. All right, turn on your spice detector. <laughs> it smells like there's some ginger in there. Yeah, ginger. It's 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 not obviously anything. It's yeah. it's a well melted blend. There's nothing really sticking out. Like you know, there's some cinnamon. This is darker than the old ale. <laughs> There's some cinnamon, there's probably some nutmeg, but nothing really, like, sticks out, juts out by itself. Definitely smells of a spice beer. And the first thing I smelled actually was a little bit of a hoppy note, but that's that's faded beyond the spices now. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ginger in this one. Okay. Oh, wow. What? Yeah, this is a spice beer, all right. It is. It, it kind of hits you in, like, like two different waves. I think you're getting some more of the the cinnamon and clove in the first wave, and the second wave comes through with something that's more like... Uh, mm, mace? I mean, cinnamon and mace are so close, I think, in, in this sort of thing that I doubt they would use okay. mace in the beer. It feels... It is possible, I guess, but... I think there's a little... You got any chicory? I think there's like a, some chicory in the... There's in there something well. something woody, right? But there's a lot of ginger. There's a good deal of nutmeg. It's very, very spicy, spice, spice. If you don't want a spicy beer, stay away. <laughs> That's what Christmas is for. Spices. Put some heat into this, see what happens to it. Mm. It's already at a pretty good temperature. Mm-hmm. I just want to warm it up and make it well over the serving recommendation temperature. I'm not sure they give one. I'm just saying. Yeah. Just at 60 the... degrees, it's definitely over the serving recommendation temperature. <laughs> so this says actually, so this is 5.5. Okay. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't feel, it feels, it feels more full on the body, I think, because of the spices. So it doesn't feel like a 5.5. It feels mm-hmm. like an 8, right? But it, but it's only in terms of the mouthfeel. The malt. 5.5. Actually, I just got a taste record. I actually kind of taste the malt and explore the malt. Mm-hmm. Pretty portery. Like a, it, it's actually it kind of tell. It's kind of hard to tell this nuance, but it seemed like it was more of a roasty porter compared to anchor porter. You know, anchor porter is that delicious kind of Baltic porter type character where it's a little more raisiny, and I really like that in their beer. 
Uh, and that might be the base for what we got here, but the way it came across was something that was kind of more like mm-hmm. an American porter, like a roasty porter. So, so we're getting a lot of hops, but yeah, eventually you're, sorry, a lot of, a lot of uh, um, not hops, a lot, <laughs> a lot of spice, but yeah, eventually your tongue starts to taste beyond that and see what's, what else is there. I do think there's chicory in this. Um, I, I just had, one of my coworkers has some chicory tea, and um, so I just had a cup, you know, a couple weeks ago, and I just got a sip that was like, just like spot on. It kind of the aftertaste that's sitting on your tongue is, is chicory. I, I can, I totally believe it. That makes sense based on the flavors of you. Yeah. If I didn't, you know, just recently have chicory, I probably wouldn't be able to, to know, but mm-hmm. it's like fitting all the experience I had drinking the tea. So, you know, if you were into a spiced ale, it's uh, really not my favorite style. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. The the chicory also, I think, adds to the bitterness. It keeps the spicing from getting too cloying. Mm. You know, I'm halfway through my half of the bottle, and I got a pretty heavy, hefty coating of chicory bitterness across my tongue. Probably a little more so than is necessary. Mm. Uh, but just, I don't think that's necessarily desired. Well, perhaps you're listening to this and you have some... Last minute Christmas shopping to do, or very, very last minute Christmas shopping. Very, very last minute. Whoa! Whoa. (laughs) Well, if you do, then we have something that you can do to get your last minute shopping done and help support the show. We talk about it every week, so you probably know. But hey, uh, psychologists say it helps when we pound this into your brain. Yep. So go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Suddenly you'll find yourself at Amazon.com and you can shop just like you regularly did. The prices will all be the same. Nothing is different except for you just went to a different page to start. And when you do, suddenly, without you even thinking about it, you help support us. Because a certain percentage of that money goes to us instead of into Jeff Bezos' pocket where you can promote the next segue. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, you can get your Prime two-day shipping. They even have one-day shipping. We live in certain markets. You can get your Amazon stuff in, like, hours. It's possible. So plenty of time to finish your holiday shopping at Amazon. In in, 15, in five or six years, we'll be able to get it by drone. Boop. Boop. Okay, so we went from the granddaddy of Christmas beers to a new kid on the block. Relatively new. Probably about five years now. Fatheads Holly Jolly. So this is their Christmas ale. It is 7.5% alcohol by volume, 28 IBUs. They use a German ale yeast. They use Mount Hood and Crystal Hops. They... For the, the malt bill has... Pale, Munich, Special Rose, Victory, Cara Munich 1, Cara Munich 2, Cara Aroma, Cara Pills, and Chocolate Malt. What's well, the end of the year? The Elder's yeah. Surplus Malt? They Pretty have much. Let's just beer. throw it in there. And, uh, and as adjuncts, local Ohio honey, cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, and coriander. Okie dokie. Lots of stuff goes into this. It pours as a uh, darker amber. A little bit like a, a reddish sort of tea color, 
and it's very clear and crisp and clean in terms of the color, the look. Fatheads is in Middleburg Heights, Ohio. That's where the production brewery is. And uh, you've heard of Fatheads. They win lots of medals yeah. for making fantastic beer. Matt Colzer Brewery does some really good stuff. And while we're not in Ohio or Cleveland area, there's a Fatheads here in Pittsburgh. So it's kind of our... Uh, is, is Well, here's where the bar started, right? The bar, bar started here, yeah. yeah. I mean, Glenn, the owner of Fatheads, including the one in Portland, you know, lives here in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, it's kind of... Not the brewing home base, but the corporate home base. Yeah. Very different aroma from the other one. It's a lot more lemony. Yes. And kind of soda pop, like like uh, citrusy. Yeah, more effervescent, pop, effervescent, yeah. Aroma. Very lemony. I think you know maybe the honey is probably okay. contributing to that. Yeah. Because that'll be a little bit thinner on the body, and it will help. It'll it'll ferment a little bit. Uh, well, cleaner is not the right word. What am I looking for? More uh, uh, floral, or yeah. uh, you know, if it's wildflower, you know, wildflower, you know, field of pollen, floral type thing. All right. really bright again the honey, car- too. honey carries through in the flavor mm. you know in the late part i'm still trying to figure out what's giving it so much um kind of uh you work out a little bit of this carbonation i think lemon lemon like kind of like a sprite lemon line type character i'm getting on this it feels almost like there's like uh lime zest or something in the beer hmm Cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, and coriander. Those are the spices, in addition to the honey that's used. And the coriander is the closest thing, but I don't see how it makes it this bright. Yeah. The hops, Mount Hood and Crystal. Not too familiar with Crystal. So lemon groves in Ohio where the honey comes from? No, probably not. Well, probably not this time of year, anyway. No, I don't think the lemon is a Ohio crop. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not. <laughs> it's interesting. I'm not sure how they're getting there, but I mean, that's really the big note for me. Is kind of this bright. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think you were right in the money when you said soda popish. It, it, it has mm-hmm. some qualities that that feel very uh, they, a lot a lot brighter than your typical Hollywood, the typical um, deep holiday. holiday uh, right. Yeah, it cleans off your tongue. Like, you know, that, that chicory-type character was sitting on my mm-hmm. palate, sitting on my tongue. You know, this one's so effervescent that, you know, every sip is starts afresh, you know. Like right now, hardly any aftertaste. Get in there, taste it. It's interesting they use... It's a good drinker, it really is. It's, a good, it's interesting they use, like, such a complex mountain of malts mm-hmm. in there because beyond the honey and these spices and whatever's giving me the citrus character, you know, I'm not really, I haven't got to the malts yet. You know, I'm not really noticing them that specifically yet. It makes me wonder if you were more right than you thought when you said, I'll just throw everything in there. (laughs) Got all this surplus malt, (laughs) toss it in. Because you can't really taste a super complex malt component here. It doesn't, doesn't come through like it's it, it it's giving you all these uh, it, it 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 well there are two things it doesn't do it doesn't come through like it's giving you this te- very textured layered interpretation it also doesn't come through 
come through confused, right? It it, it comes through as fairly understandable. Yeah, just it, kind it, of malt it, it does. It comes across as pretty straightforward malt, right? Mm-hmm. It, it tastes like you know, let's say pale with a little bit of Munich or something in it. You know, yeah, it doesn't taste any more complex than that, really. Somehow all that mess adds up to pretty decent. <laughs> well, I, I did say Matt Cole's a good brewer, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is... Um, I don't know how they got the output from the inputs, but it, it's a good drinker. I like that. It keeps talking about that brightness, that live zestiness to it. It, it works in this beer really well. It's a, it's, it's, it's a change of pace. You generally don't come mm-hmm. across uh, the holiday spice beers that they're, they're more... Heavy and uh, yeah, well, like coating. They're, they're more like the anchor. They're more deep and and, and uh, they take a they take a little bit of extra bit to to get through them right. because they they have so much spicing and it's sometimes it could be kind of hard on your tongue almost. Right. This is the Holly Jolly from Fetheads Brewery. I like that a lot. I really did. I did. Okay, on to our next and penultimate beer from Smutty Nose. This is their Winter Ale. So, Smutty Nose is uh, here in Pennsylvania, right? No, New Hampshire. No? New Hampshire. Why do I think they were here in Pennsylvania? Not sure, man. Anyway. They're in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. <laughs> Don't know why I thought that. So, uh, this contains no spices. Uh, it is an amber ale brewed with special Trappist ale yeast. 7.5% alcohol volume. The hops, bit, bravo uh, for bittering and sterling for flavors. That's interesting combination. Malt bill, American two-row, Caramunic, Karastan, Special B, Carahel, Carafa 2, DH. So another one that just <laughs> threw everything they had. Let's clean out our closet. All right, so I guess they're not in Portsmouth. They're in Hampton, New Hampshire. Okay. And uh, that's why I confuse her friends. They've been making beer since 1994. I think it's because their labels are so local feeling. Oh, the the pictures. Yeah. Well, just just the the they're, they're not. They just feel like slapped together. They don't feel very. <laughs> and I, I mean, that's something they're going for. It's clearly they're not going for like. Super yeah. special. A lot, of the, a lot of the labels have kind of vintage photos yeah. on them, vintage feels. I mean, this one actually, you know, it has an old timey car and, uh, you know, and a, a lady in a, you know, a headscarf at, and uh, an old purse, you know. This, so this looks like it's, you know, mid 60s to early 70s. Uh-huh. And, um, but also the grain on the photograph, the color, you know, and a lot of their ones are, have that kind of look to it. I was wondering if you were saying local because, um, you know, you could go around Pittsburgh and, and find people still dressed like that today. No, no, no. It, it's more just the the way, sort of a throwback kind of style. That just, it just it doesn't feel like it's flashy. And so it almost feels, I don't want to say cheap. Cheap is not the right word, but uh, less, um, it doesn't jump out as you as much. It sort okay. of feels like, it, it, it looks homey. It looks more homey. Okay. And there's something about that that feels Pennsylvania to me. Okay. 
Maybe New Hampshire has a lot in common. No, I, I like the I like the kind of vintage look that they have on their photos. Yeah. You know, I think it's a cool idea. Um, I, I understand what you're saying. How it could seem um, smaller market, like marketing right, right. for a smaller market. Mm-hmm. All right, this one pours. Uh, it's a little bit lighter than the last two, but it's still a dark brown beer. A little, it's more hazy. Yes. You know, the aroma, I think it's going to take a little bit of calibration yeah. here to get our noses to actually smell something that's not full of spices. <laughs> so, let's see, I'm going to do the whole tilt and... T- so, you know, there's this trick. I haven't described it lately. I'll do a, describe it real quick. I'm tilting the glass over until the beer is only a half inch from the lip, ready to spill out. I'm supporting it with the palm of my hand. And with my other hand, I'm turning the glass. So it coats... All the glass except for that top half inch of glass. And now I'm going to smell it and I have all that extra beer coating the glass, giving off aromas. Mm -hmm. Basically increase the surface area of the glass for a brief period of time. And it's a really thin coating of beer, which Mm -hmm. is going to evaporate a lot faster too. Yeah, so uh, the aromas, you know, it's a multi-aroma. Toffee-like again. Kind of like the aromas I was kind of getting on. Uh, how many more times can I say kind of? Uh, I guess it's not all that close. I was thinking it was kind of like. <laughs> I guess I keep feeling, I keep saying kind of now. I'm self conscious <laughs> of it. Self conscious of it. Uh, I was thinking it was like the anchor, but the anchor was really more portery yeah. on the malt flavor. So so not so much. has a good so this uses the belgian yeast right and you're getting some things that are kind of fruity kind of floral you know i'm getting those pears again the pears that we tasted in the lancaster right mm-hmm. maybe that's the beer that i would this the room was reminding me of i think you're right so yeah i'm getting the same kind of pears in the lancaster i'm getting kind of a sweeter apple think about it this way this is kind of like the Lancaster brewed with a Trappist yeast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not as full bodied, but uh, has a lot of the, of similar notes. The esters are coming through those fruity mm-hmm. esters that you would yeah. get are coming out a little bit dry on the at the end, like you would expect from a Belgian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, not spice, but there's definitely a malt character. I think you can actually taste the different malts being used here. Not. Especially, but you can definitely see that there is sort of a, de- a gradation of malts. Okay. Uh, you can kind of, there's a sweetness in it, but you can kind of see how it has a thinner body, so it feels like a more candy sugar fermentation. You know, you're getting some extra gravity and sweetness, but a drying finish. Oh, another thing to mention. Oh, sorry. I should mention this while we're talking about the beer. Come on. I was burping, so whatever, okay. man. Another thing to mention uh, for, for anyone who's interested is uh, we are going to do it again this year, I assume. Unless oh. we've changed our mind. No, let's do it. Yeah. So uh, every year for the past couple of years, we on New Year's Eve, we do a show. Uh, we allow people to, to call in and, and join us for a sort of live... We usually just put it on, on our um, extras feed. Yeah. But it's a live show um, counting down the new year and just having some beers and talking about talking to listeners and enjoying the time. 
Yeah, yeah, we do a Google Hangout, so video chat. We'll set up another computer over there so you can see us, and we'll uh, go through East Coast New Year's, uh, Central New Year's. Usually, we get we get as far as Central, and then we kind of <laughs> we wrap it up. We at least go through East Coast and, and most likely Central, and you can come in for as pretty, long as you want. I think we were pretty close to Mountain New Year's last year, but uh, and then you know maybe uh, tonight's beer is we'll fall asleep mm-hmm. in front of his computer again and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can uh, put whipped cream on his hand while we're sleeping and all are welcome all are welcome yeah uh, just check us out we'll be posting it on social media facebook twitter and uh well it'll end up on facebook right and you'll be able to get the link to join the hangout and yeah just come bs with us yeah i mean if you don't have a new year's party to go to or something right we're getting older got less things to do yeah i mean those things are you really don't like going to those anyway, do you? You just want to sit back, drink some delicious a, beer, talk some to beer. some some beer geeks. Back to the smutty nose winter ale. Yeah, I like this too. I like this too. It, it's it's got character. It doesn't feel overdone. It doesn't feel like it's uh, weighing down on me in any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has you know those. It, it's. So like, kind of double ish in its flavors, but it doesn't. It's not as big in alcohol, right? So you know, like a Belgian single is typically not this malty. Mm-hmm. So it's double ish, but it's yeah. on the light side of the right. double style for sure. Yeah, I would say if you entered this into a competition, you entered as a double. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying this. Pretty good. So don't let those labels fool you. That's not some cheap beer. (laughs) All right. Well, so we've reached our final beer, and you know what that means it's time for. A beer from the brewery? I should get get the the music for it, shouldn't I? Because I thought I had it prepared, (laughs) but I didn't. All right, so Gary sent us that six-pack of brewery Christmas beers this year. Thank you so much, Gary. This might be bad for them. What the heck? Was that me? That's you. I'll turn you down until you figure out what you're doing. Autoplay. Darn YouTube autoplay. And so we've had beers two through seven. And this is Seven Swans A-Swimming. Belgian-style quadruple ale. Seventh verse of their 12 Days of Christmas series of beers showcase the rich multi-character of a Belgian-style quadruple. Happy Holidays. Is this it? This might be it. Let's see if it... It's 11% ABV, as usual. Okay, never mind. (laughs) No music this time, apparently. (laughs) It's suitable for aging up to five years. Drink it warm at 55 degrees. No, no, no. Store 55, drink it 50. Well, we're not going to do that, Patrick. We're going to drink it much warmer than that. You should drink some more of your smutty nose so I can pour some of this into your glass. There we go. I found it. All right. Whew. Okay. So the label didn't really say what was in that. Before you read it, Greg, let me let me try to get, take mm. a pass at, at this because it's uh, it's boozy. It's a vanilla e. It 
kind of like vanilla vanilla flavored bourbon. So it's okay. not just like vanilla you get from bourbon, but like super duper vanilla. Reminds me a little bit of um, white chocolate, like there's like some cocoa butter in there or something. Some amaretto, like some almond liqueur. Okay. And uh, some of that fluoride stuff when we were kids and we had to go into the dentist and <laughs> you had to get that foam pad. You know, they put that, they don't do those fluoride sure. treatments like that anymore. Right. But when you and I were kids, right, you had those like football mouth guards filled with stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting some of that bubble gum or whatever that. that well, was no, because I grew up in Maryland where they fluoride or water. Well, they do here too, but when I was a kid, I still had to do fluoride treatments at the mm-hmm. dentist. No, I never got to do that. You'd have to take molds when I was <laughs> get my braces, so there's that. Okay, so do you want to hear about this beer? Sure. All right, so Seven Swan the Swimming. 11% alkali volume. Yes. 35 IBUs. Brewed with nothing but water, malt, yeast, and hops, and a bit of Belgian dark candy sugar. Okay. So it's a quad, according to the style. Right. Uh, they call it rich and complex. But yeah, so all those stuff that you're getting, and I don't disagree with you, mm-hmm. they're all coming from whatever's Barrels going on. Barrels and yeah. fermentation. And basic ingredients. Especially like your amaretto call. That's, that's a, I mean, there's definitely an alcohol bit and, and a wooden mm-hmm. bit, but the amaretto is a really nice sort of... It pins it together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Big cherry flavor. Mm. Really big cherry flavor. Yeah, almost um, you know, way beyond oxidation. This is not an oxidation quality. This no, is... it's it's like maraschino. Yeah. It's like, well, maybe a little more tart than maraschino, but I mean, it's close. It's big, bright red cherry. And that, that's impressive. They managed to get that out of just you know a malt bill and, and some yeast. Mm-hmm. Huh. Second sip just delivers through kind of like a cherry soda of some sort. Like a <laughs> it, it really does bring that, mm, that, that very Belgian, yeah, that, that, that Belgian fruity quality, and it really brings out those fruits more than anything else. It, it, it seems like it, the, the yeast is almost tailored to bring out these fruity esters. Right. Yeah, it. It's almost one note on the cherry so far. I'm trying to see if I can pull it out more, but like, I presume this is barrel aged, right? I mean, they've all been barrel aged so far. I can't imagine it's not. Yeah, I don't see. That says, I see bottle conditioned. I don't see barrel mentioned on this one. No, I don't see it at all. Huh. So they might have not stopped putting. Well, this is their 2014 release, so who right. knows? Maybe we'll be able to get uh, the next beer. At some point. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's good. And the cherry comes through, has a little zing to it, so again, it tastes like... um, What was that? I'm sure they don't make it anymore because it's not politically correct, but the the cherry soda with the Indian on it... uh, 
It wasn't called Red Man, I don't think. It was... It was Red Man. There was that uh, tobacco. Yeah, no, that wasn't it. <laughs> I forget, but, you know, it reminds me of, of that, you know, where it was this kind of sweet, oversweetened candy um, mm-hmm. cherry. And then there, while this has a kind of a fine carbonation, you're getting a little bit of zing that, you know, the cherry so pulls that cherry up to soda again. I know soda's been kind of a theme in the last couple of beers, but... When it works, it works. The amaretto, I'm tasting a little bit of that, but the cherry flavor is so much more prevalent than it was in the aroma that it's dominating. If I had to pick a, a negative, I would, I would say it, it feel you can you can taste the the alcohol more than the other ones. You can really okay. feel that it's um, it's laying down as eleven percent on you. Yeah, I mean, for me, the 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 negative is that it seems mostly one note with that cherry type flavor there's not it's not telling me a story I'm sure not, sure i'm yeah, not yeah, able to true. appreciate this more than surface value and and for an 11 percent, you kind of want that it's good it's really i mean it's good for it to be drink. worth your sobriety I mean. but i mean some yeah but some it's still good enough to be worth my sobriety it's just you know the number one beer tonight is going to be one that really engaged me yeah. and this beer is not engaging me yeah. it's not telling me the history it's not giving me the you know the the backstory and the depth of character well so while it's good on the surface good on the surface seldom wins the show because we like beers that tell us stories all right speaking of that so let's go on to the final segment which is the rankings right do you want to go you want me to go uh i'll go all right. All right. So, my number six beer of the night is going to be the Anchor. It just—it was too spicy for me. I'm just not a huge spice beer fan, and especially in a show without a lot of spice, without a lot of beers that really laid down the spice thick. Okay. This was the one that really laid down the spice thick, and I kind of just felt overwhelmed by it. Um, maybe in a show with other spice beers, it would do better. Because I do think it was it was a, a good beer, but I feel like the spiciness just sort of twisted me into like putting it in the last place, and then it's, it's more of a personal preference thing. But uh, the last beer, the number five beer, is going to be the Sierra Nevada. It just didn't really, <laughs> I, it just didn't work. There's just something about it that didn't did felt. It felt out of place. I don't know quite how to put it any other way. It didn't feel... It wasn't bad. I do I do disagree with Jeff where I think it was very bitter. Uh, it definitely has an IPA quality to it, but it it just felt out of place in, in, in this comparison. And I do think it... I, I don't know in the situation where it would not feel out of place. There's something about the beer that feels out of place. Okay. Number four, I'm going to go with the brewery. This is Seven Swans a Swimming. Uh, I think it's very good, but I think the other beers uh, were better. Uh, I think that there was some really interesting stuff going on in the other beers, particularly so number three, I'm going to put the Smutty Nose. Uh, I did like it a lot. Uh, I liked that sort of Belgian stuff, but I kind of appreciated what was going on in the Lancaster more. Um, there was... It, it, well, <laughs> there, there was something about doing the same kind of flavors doing the same kind of thing without involving the Belgian stuff uh-huh. at all right. and it really worked well and I really did like what was coming through in the Lancaster 
But that Fatheads was really good. That sort of effervescent quality. Mm-hmm. You managed to give a spice beer without it tasting like a spice bomb. That's awesome. And you can do that at the same time making it bright and interesting. That's, that's, that's quality. That's good stuff. Go for yeah. the Fatheads. Okay. All right. So for me, I'm going to put the Sierra Nevada at the bottom. Uh, it just It's confused to me. It, the, it has the wrong label on it. You know, it tastes more like some kind of Oktoberfest. Vienna, Munich malts, not very bitter. Uh, I don't like this formulation. Uh, I think that they uh, need to go back mm-hmm. to their old formulation for that beer if they want to call it a, a fresh hop IPA. Uh, number four, or I'm sorry, uh, number five, second from the bottom. I'm going to put the brewery. Good beer, good drinkable beer, but the four beers in front of it all engaged me more. They gave me more to talk about. It was a more fun drinking experience. While it was perfectly good, bordering on, I wouldn't quite say delicious, but it was good to very good. It just didn't engage me. It was that one note cherry, and it wasn't telling me a story. Let's see. So in fourth place, I am going to put... It's tough. They're all really good. I think I'll put the Smutty Nose in fourth place. I, I enjoyed this beer. Uh, I liked kind of that lighter Belgian double character that it gave. It had some really good fruit flavors, some floral flavors, and a good malt backbone to it. Just kind of hard luck that it is in fourth place because I like the rest of them. Uh, third place, I'm going to put the Anchor. I like the Anchor a lot this year. Um, I liked a lot of the flavors. Once I found that chicory, you know, I kind of digged the dug the bitterness that the chicory gave. It did sit on the palate too much. That's the reason it, I think it's not higher is because of the uh, you know kind of that that lingering chicoriness, that bitterness from the chicory. Second place, I'm going to put in the fatheads. Uh, everything Greg said about how it was effervescent and light and not a spice bomb, but still a spice beer, you know, very well done. I like how that was put together. I'll put the Lancaster in first place. Um, rich, malty, engaging. Um, once we warmed it up, it was really good. It fell into that, you know, strange valley between established styles, and we couldn't quite figure out what it was like, if like anything. And uh, it got my attention and told me a story. And it was a good drinker tonight. So that's my first beer. Awesome. Well, so there's a ranking. So to finish off the show, we wanted to present with to you this thing that you may have seen online if you're if you're online like me. If not, then this will be a great surprise. If you take Mariah's carries, all I want for Christmas is you. Throw it into a MIDI, an MP3 to MIDI thing, and then turn it back into an MP3. This is what you get. Or if you replace her vocal cords with a grand piano. Right. Crafty Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. <laughs> you can visit craftbeerradio.com. For more information, if you want to contact us, you can hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. <laughs> and at Craft Beer Radio. Emails beer at craftbeerradio.com. Thanks everyone for listening. Come and come visit us on our New Year's Eve show. It'll be a lot of fun. 
and uh, we've done that for like probably the last five years now. It's a uh, it's a tradition at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for listening, and we'll let you soak in a little bit more of this MIDI to Mariah Carey. 